Hello there. Welcome to the Beloved Son Ministry Show, where we who were once only the prodigal children now dare believe that we really are the beloved children of the Father. This Father who has loved us with an everlasting love. So now, let us come together, yes, in all of our brokenness, and all of our woundedness, but also in all of our belovedness, to share with one another the impact God has had on our lives and the impact that He continues to have in our lives, so that our curses may become crosses and our crosses may truly become blessings. So welcome home, my beloved brothers and sisters. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our first episode of Dialoguing. Um, and our topic is the Mormon faith and Mormon church with Brandon. Um, so say hi to, to Brandon, everyone. All right. So let's begin with a prayer, okay? Okay. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. God, our Father, we thank you for giving us life, and for giving us the life of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. For our sins, for, this, for the uh, remission of our sins, and for our salvation, we thank you for that. And also thank you for, for the gift of this ministry, and for the gift of what he has done for us, and hopefully is continuing in all of us, as his followers, as his believers. On this first Friday, we are reminded of the sacred heart of Jesus that was pierced when he was on the cross. That out of that piercing, what flowed out of his heart was water and blood for all of us, birth and the nourishment of the church. Thank you for that. And as we continue with our day, please continue to bless our time together here and to bless all those who are um, in any kind of difficulty, those who are suffering from the virus and their families. For all those who care for us and care for those who are ill, and for all the intentions that we hold in our hearts. We ask all this in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Okay, so Brandon, thank you for joining us. You know, you're, you're the first um, guest on, on the, the dialoguing um, uh, series. So, so hopefully you feel some sort of, of um, honor. <laughs> So, yeah, thanks for thinking of me first. Of course, yeah. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, so my name is Brandon Scott, and I'm from Draper, Utah. It's a little suburb, just 20 minutes south of Salt Lake City, Utah, if any of you know um, the West very well. Um, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints, and I served a mission in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And that's actually how Philip and I met, um, is when I was a missionary over there. And um, I have an awesome family. I have four brothers, and I'm the oldest. And so I'm the captain of our basketball team, I guess. Um, I have two parents, a mom and a dad. They're awesome. I love them so much. Um, and we're all members of the church. Um, what more? This fall, I plan on you know starting college, attending the Utah Valley University, just in Orem, Utah. And then hopefully... I'll get some momentum and transfer over to Brigham Young University in Provo. And um, I want to major in business and um, possibly minor in economics or some kind of engi computer engineering degree or something like that. And uh, yeah, that's me. 
thank you for um, giving us that you know intro on you. Um, you know, you mentioned that we met in Philadelphia, and it was a very interesting day. I think it was just a few days after Christmas when I went to see my mom, and I saw you and your companion um, waiting for the bus that seems to not be coming. And so, and so I, I, I drove and I parked and I went to see my mom. But then I say, you know what, you know, let me see um, where where these folks are because I had first had my first real encounter with with um, a, a missionaries was when I was in Lancaster, and and they were very nice folks. They helped me move into my flat. They moved the furniture for me. So so I you know I I'm always very um, happy to see you guys out, out on the streets proclaiming the good news and and so i thought you know what since you know i was helped by some of your brothers i want to go see if there's anything i can do for for you guys and so and luckily i found you guys you you were posting some sort of flyer right about, about your spanish classes i think yeah exactly so we spoke we speak spanish and so where we were there's a big hispanic population you know full of spanish speakers and so we're posting flyers for a free english class in our church building just with like number tear-offs and just a way to get the word out that um, we're teaching English English for free. And if you want to learn, just come in. I think it's very important. Um, um, we call it apostolate that, 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 that you have for the people um, because I guess you would agree, right? Um, if people who, who you're trying to um, speak with, if they don't really have a grasp of the language, um, they, they can't, Fully, fully participate in the in in the efforts of the church. But I also know that again, I mentioned to me um, the the classes for the the Spanish speakers is not tied to like oh that means you must come to church with us. It's completely independent, right? Yeah, it's there's obviously it's free. You don't have to come to church just to be in the class. You can go to the class and not come to church. But you know, we, whenever we do teach class, we invite them to come to church. And if they're really interested, we offer, hey, we teach the gospel, we teach messages of, of Jesus Christ's people, would you be interested? And obviously, if they say no, there's no no shame, no cold blood, it's like, okay, that's fine. Like, keep coming to English class, we'd love to keep teaching you. Right, because yeah, that's that's a really good way of, of you know, because preaching the gospel isn't just about um, feeding them scripture, right? But it's it's also how how does your life and how how does your actions actually is a, a witness to the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is, you know, you're helping out your brothers and sisters who, who may be um, in need of some sort of assistance. So. Mm -hmm. Now, can you tell us a little bit about you and your faith life? How did you, were you baptized as an infant? Were you raised in the church? Now, I, I, you did mention that you have four brothers and a pretty older and that you grew up in the faith, but I just wanted to know if you could share with us a little bit more about um what that was like yeah um so my parents are members ever since i was born we've been going to church you know very regularly every week and when i was eight years old that's when i was baptized and confirmed a member of the church um and then you know i kept going to church i attended seminary in high school we have a seminary program for high school students um all four years and so i did that i attended and then, um, and then, you know, when you're, when you graduate high school, like your bishop is like, do you want to, do you want to serve a mission? 
And so like you go through the process with him to fill out mission forms and then eventually get a call letter telling you where you're going to go and if you're going to speak a different language and when you're going to leave. And so, um, yeah, basically up until now, um, that's where I am with the, with the faith. Now you mentioned you attended, um, seminary. Mm -hmm. um, can, you, can you tell us a little bit more about, um, what seminary looks like for, for your faith in your church? Yeah. So it's for ninth through 12th graders. We call it seminary. And then, you know, there's classes for college kids. We call that Institute. Um, and so for seminary, um, it's for ninth and 12th graders, like I said, ninth through 12th. Um, you just go to class and there's a teacher. He's a seminary teacher. And um, we start the class with like a hymn and a prayer. And then the teacher will teach a lesson and then we'll reflect on what we learned and then share experiences, share our thoughts, share what we felt. And then we close with a prayer and then we leave. And so in Utah, it's kind of, cause there's a lot of members of the church that live in Utah. Right. And so, um, what the school system does is they give us like, it's like a period in your class where you can leave the school and go to a seminary building, which is not that far from the school. It's usually a church building or it can be its own separate building. But, um, I know for, um, attending seminary outside of Utah or at least outside of Utah, Arizona and Idaho, I believe, like, let's say you're in, say you're in Philadelphia um, most most if not all the students wake up early like pretty early to go to seminary in the morning every day for five days a week and so um, just you know if you live in Utah then lucky you <laughs> right and you do so. yeah so it's it's interesting how um, in Utah and in Indiana and in Arizona, you said so. Essentially, it's built in into the um, the school day. If you were, wanted to go to a seminary or a yeah, so it was Idaho, oh, Idaho, Idaho, Utah, and Arizona. Yeah, no worries. It's just you know, there's a lot of members, like per capita, I guess you could say, and so you know, it's easy to fit in the school schedule rather than have a lot of kids wake up early, like really early to go to seminary class that that's very interesting and that that the the school district would um make that accommodation so it's it, um, it's it's i'm sure the church is very grateful that that they're able to accommodate that where so so what if what if the people who who don't uh, go to seminary what do they do during during that time period or uh, time um they can fill with whatever you know classes in their schedule like an elective or a core class that they need to take in order to graduate high school. And so um, let's say, for example, there's eight periods a day in high school. Um, you really only need to have seven periods like per day for four years to graduate. And so one of those periods is sacrificed for like seminary for me, I guess. And so um, that's basically how it works. I could go into more detail, but yeah. Okay. Maybe next time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's a very that's quite interesting that um, that you were formed now. Like um, 
you see you start with a hymn and then you have a prayer and then it's sort of like like class right um during that a period of time yeah. um is there anything like outside of that five five times a week is there like in um out of class and at home or an ongoing type of of seminary formation or is it just like during the five days and and that's pretty much it so we go to church every sunday have our service and then we do have seminary throughout the week um we do have homework i mean we we get reading assignments like um read these chapters in the bible or in the book of mormon or doctrine and covenants whatever it may be and then you report on what you've read and um like there's homework but other than that that's that's all we really do well thanks for sharing about um a seminary and because it's 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 quite different with with um the catholic church in terms of seminary seminary is, is actually like a full-blown um college program um mm -hmm. and then it's graduate school for your masters of divinity um and in but in the past we did have a high school seminary and i and i'm not sure if some some um diocese still have have um have that so it's interesting to to hear the you know, the uh the differences between our seminaries but now move, moving away from you know the formal structures i wanted to ask to see if you could share with us a little bit about how god has worked in your life yeah so i have lots of stories i mean a lot of people they have like a big like boom moment where they're like whoa god is real he's in my life i have a lot of I don't have a lot of big booms, but I have a lot of little ones. And, you know, just little by little, that's how I've gained the faith that I have today. One of them, so I don't share this with a lot of people, but I'm a diabetic. And I was diagnosed as a type 1 diabetic when I was only 16. I was a sophomore. It was actually around this time, I think it was the 20th of April. And so about 10 days ago is like the anniversary, I guess. And so. You know, when I was diagnosed, I wasn't happy. It's it's not easy. You know, lots of needles, a lot of a lot of finger pokes to check um, the level of sugar in my blood, and just a lot of injections for insulin to keep my blood sugars on check. And so, I knew what I was getting myself into because my little brother, who's 18 now, has been diabetic since he was four. And so, just watching him go through the life of what diabetes is like. I, you know, I, I was sad. I was, I was super disappointed. I, I didn't know what to think. Um, all I know is what I felt. And I honestly felt like, God, why would you do this to me? This is like the worst thing ever. I'm just, a, I was just 16 years old. I was young. I was trying to just do 16 year old things, you know? Um, <clears throat> so with being diabetic, you know, my whole life, I'd have to think, I guess, how do I explain it? I'd have to think specifically, like for example, if I, want to, if I want to go on a hike, most people can just get up and go on a hike, but I gotta think about, okay, what if my blood sugar drops and I need sugar? I need to bring a snack and make sure I pack insulin. A normal 16 year old shouldn't have to worry about that. He's just, he should just have fun. Um, and so I really, I didn't know why God would do this to me. And so I wondered, 
do you, I wondered if you loved me. I, I really didn't know at that time. And so <clears throat> through lots of prayer and lots of time and reading the scriptures, I eventually gained knowledge that God does love me, that he has a plan, and that just one of the obstacles of mortality and living on an imperfect world is we're going to face challenges. And God doesn't really give challenges. He doesn't give challenges to people that he knows that they can't handle. And so I really gained knowledge of that, and I felt that that was true. And I gained knowledge that God does love me, and um, he knew that this is something that I can do and I can overcome myself. I mean, thanks, thanks for sharing. It's, it's a very um, moving account of, of, of how God has you know, worked in your life and, and, and how, you know, in, um, now in, in the Catholic sense, we, you know, we always hear people say, well, you know, offer it up to God, offer it up to God. And like, like how, and what we try to mean by that is, is like throughout, you know, at the time when you felt um, confused or when you felt unsure about God's love for you, like what, what sort of like was it just by the um, reading of the scriptures? Um, like, like what what helped you come to that um, realization that that in fact you are loved? I'm not gonna lie. I think it was one of my teachers, like a seminary teacher, or a, a Sunday school teacher from church. Um, they just bore a powerful testimony about how we have challenges. We're going to face them, but they're for our benefit and they're here. They're there to help us grow and eventually reach our full potential. And so God's going to give us challenges that are going to help us grow to our full potential later. Um, that just spoke to my heart because I never thought of it that way. Um, I always thought of it as like this, you know, diabetes as something that I'm never going to be able to overcome. It's just going to be this little um, this little barrier, this little, you know, weight on my ankle that's just going to prohibit me from doing things that I want. But I know now that God is preparing me and he's just trying to help me be the best person I could, I can be eventually. Yeah. I, I, and, and I think he's, he has done some a very good work through you already, you know, in, in your time in Philadelphia and, and when you go to college, you know, who knows, who you might meet in college and and maybe what that teacher was for you in seminary you could be for a classmate or or a stranger now i'm not sure if you know i i think this is all very uh providential um and it's, it's holy spirit because um the um the name of the ministry is beloved son ministry and and it's it was very interesting how um the the witness and a story that you wanted to share with us was about um neither not really sure if if you're loved by god and so i i and i i think the holy spirit is is working and i i know you you refer to him as, as a as a as the holy ghost but you know it we mean the same the um, same thing and and in in our tradition we talk a little bit about the graces 
um, about like you know God doesn't just give us obstacles. God doesn't just just give us um, challenges. But in fact, at every moment of those challenges, He is giving a grace to us. He's giving us maybe the grace of a deeper trust in Him, or a grace of a of a deeper faith, or even the trust of, um, oh, I'm sorry, even the grace of, of perseverance or of, of humility, knowing that, that this isn't really about me, but, but that it's about how God can work through my life, um, through my difficulties. And, and I wonder if, if you were able to, to pinpoint any of those graces that, that you maybe feel that God was trying to teach you or, or trying to um, give you through, through Good experience, or even he continues to, as you um, continue to live with, with, um, with this. <clears throat> I think one of his greatest graces he's given me is patience. I think God is the most patient person to ever exist. Um, he's patient with everyone. When we sin, he's patient with us. Um, and when we repent for our sins, he's obviously he rejoices with us. He's so happy for us that we decided to do that. You know, when I was when I got diagnosed, um, I wasn't necessarily, I wasn't reading the scriptures. Sometimes I would skip church because I didn't really want to go and even skip seminary as well, just because um, it was a trying time. I didn't know if God did love me, but little did I know he was, he was patient with me. That was one of his graces. And then eventually I came to my senses after a lot of reflecting, a lot of reading and in prayer as well. And then when I did, when I did repent and said, God, I'm sorry, I did this, did that. He was there. He's always there. And so it's, it's just, it's wonderful that our Father in Heaven has this patience so that when we come to our senses to return back to Him and be willing to change ourselves and to repent, He's there. And He's there with loving arms, wide open for us to come in. Yeah, amen. You know, that's, 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 um, that's, that's the father. The father is, is, is the one who, you know, who has loved us, you know, and, um, uh, Jeremiah, you know, he, in, in, um, the 31st chapter, he, he says that God, he says that I have loved you with an everlasting love. That, that even before you were, he loved you. Right? And, and he, in fact, we're, we're, we're told that he had, you know, he loved us into existence, and that, that that we are we are the product of love, for love, and um, you know that's that, that's a very um, amazing thing if you really think about it. That 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 who we are, you know, why we came to be, wasn't because we earned it, wasn't because we we did something good and and, and we. Um, you know, won it at some sort of competition, but that it's simply because God loves us. And, you know, in the, um, in the Catholic tradition, we have the, the sacrament of penance or confession. I'm not sure if, if, if you heard about that, but, you know, um, you know, um, we go to confession and, and the priest absolves us of our sins. And, and many, many people think that now I'm not sure how you, um, what your thoughts are, but, but some people think that 
you know, said, oh, you know, God, God loves me so much more now because I'm in, you know, I'm, I'm repentant and, and I'm, I'm, I'm better now. But that's very, you know, that's not really right, right? Because we say that, you know, God loves you as much as you were before you, before you repented, right? God doesn't love you more just because you're sorry. You know, God, God just loves you. And so um, the common thing that we say to um, Catholics is, you know, God loves you as much now as he did be, before you went into the confessional. And in the same way, um, I'm sure you also understand and you know that, you know, even the, during the times when you were doubting or when you were skipping um, a seminary or a church or the sacrament meeting, you know, you know, even through those times, God's love for you never changed. Right. But but perhaps how we perceived it or maybe even our trust in God and our love for him, maybe that was what was changing. But but since God is eternal, his love never changes. And so I'm so happy to hear that that you were able to, to you know journey from from a place where you didn't feel loved by God to a place where now you are preaching and starting the news about his love to other people. So, so I think it's it's um you know it's a powerful testimony to how um you know the witness of and even the suffering of one person can bring about good um, for others. Mm -hmm. Um just to add a comment, I love I love that because God's love is unconditional. There's no respecter of persons, but um Obviously, when we don't obey his commandments, that can be a little frustrating, but we know he still loves us because we're his children. And then when we do choose to repent and to be obedient, he's happy with us. He rejoices with us. And that love is still the same. Right. And just like your parents, right? I'm sure there are times when you yeah. maybe got on their nerves and they, they wanted to kill you or something, but they still loved you, you know, and... And, yeah. and yes, sometimes parents need to um, discipline us, but that discipline is also out of love. And so, and so if if you know if we can see that in our parents here on earth, how much more does is is our heavenly Father in the same way and, and even much more um, different? So yeah, yeah. And thank you for sharing that with us. I mean, it's a it's a very um, you know it's it's very much in line with 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 you know the beloved son you know you you know you are a beloved son and I, and i hope you know that 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 you're not just you know someone that god may have time for sometimes but that you you are his beloved son and and i think that's why we're here is because we are trying to share this truth with everyone that that even if you don't believe even if you do not think god is your father he still loves you, and he still calls you beloved. And whenever you're ready to go back to him, or whenever we're ready to to really seek him out, but like you said, he's there with open arms. And so, mm -hmm. so that's you know that's, that's great. Um, is there any, anything more about that part that you would like to share with us, or was that? Um, I think that's everything. Yeah, that's I know I've not right. I know you shared with me before that that you were diabetic, but you had never told me the story of how you found out you were diabetic. So, so 
and and thank you for sharing that with us. And now um, other people may also find out. And I know that you just mentioned you don't tell much people about it, but but I think um, you know by your willingness to to do that, other people can say, wow, you know, I you know I went through a struggle in my life when I felt the same way as Brendan felt, and 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 maybe now I can really explore that more and to see, you know, during those times of challenges, you know, where where was God moving, right? And and because of your testimony, um, God working for you, they they can come to come to continue on their journey of faith. So so mm. thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, of course. Um, now now towards the um, towards the end part of our our segment here. I wanted to ask you a little bit about um, the faith, the uh, Mormon faith, and just about, you know, if, if you were to give us a one or two minute, or even three minute, um, not summary, but like the, um, if you were to meet someone on the streets who did not know anything about Jesus Christ or about your church, what would you tell them? Wow. So this is kind of, as missionaries, we have different lessons that we teach. First lesson is called the restoration. And so when we do meet someone on the street, we usually reference the restoration because that's the first lesson, like in, in two, like if we have a two or three minute window. And so um, I'll just teach that. So basically <laughs> we teach that God is our, our loving heavenly father and he loves us. And um, we're literally his children. He created us and um, he loves us so much. and one of these blessings that he's given us is our families. I know for me, I love my family so much and I hope to have one of my own someday as well. And so um, another blessing that he's given us is a prophet. And we read in the scriptures about prophets, like in the old and new Testament, some examples, just to name a few are, are Adam, Moses, Abraham, even Jesus Christ. He was a prophet as well. Um, and so what prophets do you know, they receive revelation from God on how to guide the world. And um, that's just one of the gifts that God's given us. And so when Jesus Christ came to earth, he was a prophet. He, he built a church. He had disciples. He had 12, 12 apostles or prophets. And um, we also know that Jesus Christ, he suffered for our sins. He atoned for our sins. Um, he suffered in the Garden of Gethsemane, was crucified, and three days later he resurrected from the tomb. We also know that Jesus Christ, he established a church, and when he left the earth to go back to heaven, it was all up to the apostles um, to preach the good word. They were basically missionaries, right? They were trying to grow the church and proclaim the good news about Jesus Christ and how he can be redeemed, how he can repent and live with God again. And so there's a pattern in the Bible where if the people of the world are wicked, they reject the prophets and God takes the, the priesthood or the authority off the earth for a little bit of time. And so um, the people at that time of Jesus Christ, when Jesus Christ left and it was up to the apostles, it was, it was their time to share the gospel. People were rejecting them. Some of them were killed. Most of them, they were all killed by the people. And um, 
we believe that God took the authority and um, the priesthood off the earth during that time. But because God's the same today, yesterday, the same yesterday, today, and forever, my bad, um, we believe that he has called the prophet again in these days. These are the latter days. And it all started in 1820 when a boy named Joseph Smith was going to church. He was reading the Bible. And he had a sincere question of which church to join because he really didn't know. And he really desired the salvation for his soul. And so he read a verse in the Bible in um, James chapter 1, verse 5. Just to name a few words, it says, If any of you lack wisdom, ask of God. And so that's what Joseph did. He made himself private. He went to a little forest just behind his house. He lived on a farm and he prayed to God about which church to join. And then he saw a vision. He saw Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ descend from a light and appear to him. And the way he describes it, he describes it as um, as brighter than the sun. He felt like the forest was on fire. It was just so bright. And Heavenly Father said to Joseph, this is my beloved son, hear him. He was referring to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ told Joseph to not join any of the churches for right now, but through Joseph, he would restore the true church of Christ on the earth again. And eventually with time, um, Joseph Smith became the prophet that restored the church and the gospel back on the earth today. And for the listeners, maybe you've heard of something called the Book of Mormon. Um, I know I've taken up a lot of time, but I'll explain for 30 no, seconds. please, please. Okay. Book of Mormon. Um, it's awesome. It's another testament of Jesus Christ. So if you take the Bible, you have the Old and New Testament. The Book of Mormon is simply just another testament. And it's not there to replace the Bible or compete. It's actually here to support the Bible and support the, the fact that Jesus Christ lives and his atonement was real. Um, it's... It's an ancient record written here in the Americas. We know the Bible was written on the other side of the world, in Egypt and Jerusalem and different places like that. But the Book of Mormon was written here because, um, you know, there were people here that lived here in the Americas, and Jesus Christ taught them too through prophets. So the Book of Mormon contains the teachings of those prophets. And um, we teach people that if they read the Book of Mormon and pray about it with sincere heart to know if it's it's real. It's the word of God. It's true that they receive a, a witness from the Holy Ghost that it is true. And so um, for myself, I read the Book of Mormon and prayed about it to know if it was true. And the Holy Ghost did tell me that it was. And that we know that if the Book of Mormon is true, Joseph Smith was a prophet. And this is the Lord's church. And so just to give my testimony and small invitation i invite everyone to um to read the book of mormon wherever you may be it's online um it's on comeuntochrist.org you can get a paper copy for free from some missionaries if you go to that website or you can download it on your phone and um, i invite you all to read it and i invite you all to pray about it because it's just truly remarkable well thank you um you know Maybe just one, one more thing. You know, you were 
um, you said that you you prayed about the Book of Mormon to see if uh, to ask the Holy Spirit to see if it was um, um, true. You said. Well, so yeah, that's in a sense. Yeah, I asked God if it was true. And we know the Holy Spirit is the one that communicates, you know, from God to us. Correct. He's the he, he's the one who helps us receive, you know, these manifestations and revelations, and so. We tell people, we, we invite people that if they pray about it, that through the Holy Ghost, you'll feel that it is true. You, now, you don't have to answer if, if you don't want to share. But I, I just want to ask, like, how, like um, can you describe for us the moment or the moments um, when you came to, uh, to the realization that, that, that the Book of Mormon is true and that Joseph Smith is a prophet to, to help uh, restore the church like like um now i know you mentioned in, in the beginning that you don't have a lot of you know boom uh, movements but um but like just if you talk to speak to um now we would call that a, a conversion moment right about like, like like what what sort of movements in within yourself um that you felt um that that, that moved you to say you know what this this book is a, is a true testament or, Good question. So the first time I read it, I read it all the way through um, for the first time. It was before my mission. I read it all the way through. I prayed about it. I actually went to my backyard for more privacy and for, for quiet. <laughs> um, I got on my knees. I prayed. And I ended the prayer. I just remember feeling at peace. And I remember feeling. I almost heard a distinct voice tell me like, yeah, this is true. And I even felt to myself, like, I feel like I knew this was true, like midway through the book, midway through reading, I mean, the book. And so, but when I did kneel on my knees and I prayed to know, I did feel a sense of peace and a sense of, of um, tranquility. Okay, so when I was on my knees for the first time, and I prayed, I felt a sense of peace and tranquility. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, if this, this has to be from God, I felt like it was just the sense of like, basically my feelings that I felt that night when I prayed and that just helped me gain my testimony that the Book of Mormon is the word of God. It's true. It contains the, the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And just that drive gave me the the will and the motivation to go and teach people about the Book of Mormon on my mission in Philadelphia. So, yeah. Now, I, I'm going to ask you a sort of now, I, a question that is sort of related. Um, you said you, you prayed with and about the Book of Mormon, right? Yeah, I prayed about the Book of Mormon. Have you ever prayed with and about Bible. Yeah. We but, believe the Bible is the word of God too, of course. But 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 like in the same way that the Book of Mormon, you can say, you know, wow, no, this is real. Did you have a sim a similar moment with, with the Bible too? When you prayed through it or you prayed with it, like um like yeah, just something similar to when you prayed with the Book of Mormon. But with Good the question. Bible. So uh, I've heard about the Bible um, 
And it's the word of God, obviously, the Old and New Testament. They both teach about our Savior and teach about the, the principles of the gospel. What's The reason why we tell people to pray about the Book of Mormon, though, just with, uh, with so much passion, is because we know, well, basically, if they do get the testimony that the Book of Mormon is true, then then that just means so many different things. It means that Joseph Smith did translate it with the power of, of God with him. He trans, he, he restored the true church of Jesus Christ. It's literally the church of Jesus Christ. And that today we do have a prophet. And so obviously like um, the Bible is the word of God. The Book of Mormon, we believe is the word of God. But what's so special about receiving that special testimony about the Book of Mormon is that it means so many different things if, if you do get the testimony that it is true. Like different things as in with, within yourself or, or like, like um, a spiritual on, um, enlightenment? Or, or, or what do you mean by, by um, you, you get um, things out of um, if you come to the conclusion that the Book of Mormon is, is the inspired word of God. Mm -hmm. So obviously kind of like how I said before, if the Book of Mormon is true, that means Joseph Smith wrote it or my bad. If the Book of Mormon is true, that means Joseph Smith did translate it from the power of God. It's not just some book he you know, wrote. It's not like just um, like a journal entry accounts it's we believe it is the word of god and if it really is joseph smith translated it through divine powers from heavenly father and um it means that um the church has been restored on the earth again from an apostasy and that um today we have a living prophet and so let's say for the just for a super example, let's say if the Book of Mormon wasn't the word of God, then we know that Joseph Smith wasn't a prophet. He, the, this isn't the church of Jesus Christ. It wasn't restored. We don't have a prophet. But if you do get that testimony that it is true, then you get that testimony that Joseph Smith really was a prophet. He translated the Book of Mormon from the power of God, which means this is the true church, which means we... We have living prophets today. And what if someone doesn't? Well, good question. I don't know. Um, well, if they don't, then I always, let's see, I've never actually faced an example like that, like teaching people about the Book of Mormon where they say, like, I prayed about it and it wasn't true. Okay. And I'd be like, okay, well, um, why don't you think so? Mm -hmm. did, like, how much did you read? Like, did you pray with super, like real intent to know that if this book is really true, like with your soul? And um, I just asked him these questions and I invite him to do it again and um, see what the answer would be next time for them. Okay. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's, 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 it, it's, it's very, because I know when I talk to some of people and they ask me about, you know, uh, different Christian traditions and they talk about the Mormonism. They were talking about, you know, they think the, the Book of Mormon is the Bible, blah, blah, blah. And and I just wanted, you know, you to clarify that. And in fact, it's not the Book of Mormon isn't here to replace the scriptures. But in fact, it is sort of like um, 
I guess for like a better wording, to support it or to enhance it or to give it a more um, like a modern day interpretation maybe? Or it's almost like not? a second witness. It's like, so it's, it's a second witness. It's still, you know how the Bible is like written in old language. Sometimes some people would say it's like hard to, to interpret. And, um, you know, that's why there's so many translations of the Bible, but we, you know, the Book of Mormon, it still has kind of that old language. So, um, it's, it's more of like a second witness. Um, it's not like a modern day interpretation or a, a retranslation. It's, it's straight from the source. It came from the Book of Mormon comes from golden plates, you know, like metallic sheets that, um, just had writings on it in ancient Egyptian. And, you know, Joseph Smith translated that. And it was only translated one time. So the, the original translation from the plates to the Book of Mormon, um, uh, how do I say this correctly? What was on the plates is in the Book of Mormon today. There's no retranslation of that. And so, um, and you know, it's here to stand with the Bible. It's a witness. They both support each other, I should say. Now, you mentioned it, it's, from, it's from Egypt, you said? So it was written in an Egyptian language. Like we, we say that, you know, the Book of Mormon is based here in the Americas. The very beginning of the Book of Mormon talks about how a family that actually lived in Jerusalem, um, they lived there at the time and then God commanded them to leave and come to um, the promised land, which we believe is the Americas. And so it still does contain that, um, that language. Yeah. Maybe, maybe in our next um, session, you could talk a little bit more about the book, maybe, because it's, it's, it's very interesting. Because we don't have, because as, as Catholics, we believe that Jesus Christ said um, that there is no other testimony, that there is no other testament, that it's, the scriptures are fulfilled in him. Um, and so for us, I mean, don't, don't get us wrong. We, you know, as Catholics, we, we have something called the uh, Catechism, which sort of like is like a, a little handbook, if you will, that talks about um, the faith and the, the doctrines and all that. But, but there's only one one scripture, right? And, and, and that is the, the Old Testament and the New Testament. So we do have like other um, types of reading that can help, help us deepen our prayer life, but, it's, but nothing like the Book of Mormon, because we, we do believe that all, both the law and the prophecy were um, uh, fulfilled in our Lord. And I'm not sure if you remember, but, um, in the Bible, when our Lord was transfigured, mm -hmm. remember that? Um, because, you know, Moses and Elijah were on his uh, right and left, right? Mm -hmm. And then when Peter said, oh, Lord, it's good that we were here. Um, let, let me make three tents. And, and Jesus said, no, you can't do that. And then what happened? Do, do you remember what happened? I, I don't have it on the top of my head right now. Okay. So what happened was that Moses and Elijah, they disappeared. Because, you know, then the Lord was transfigured. And so, you know, that's interpreted as, you know, yes, Moses and Elijah from the, from the Old Testament, one um, stood for the law and the other for the prophecy, right? But when, the, when Jesus was transfigured, they were gone because both the law and the prophecy 
has been fulfilled in him. And, 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 and so all we saw there was Jesus. And so for, for Catholics, it's very difficult for us to um, understand or to believe the concept that there is another testimony or a, a, another testament because it has all been fulfilled already in Jesus Christ. And so it will be a very good um, topic for a, a, you know for a different segment in the near future because I think you know, there there are a lot of things that we can learn from each other. So mm -hmm, totally. Yeah. So now as we come to the end, I mean it's it's um it's a very good conversation, and I don't I, I don't want to finish, but um you know as we come to the end, um can you speak just briefly on prayer? What does what does prayer look like um, from the Mormon tradition? Like, and what is what is what, what does prayer look like for you? Okay, so prayer is very simple. Um, what I would always teach people who on my mission how to, because some people just didn't know how to pray, and so we would teach them. We'd always teach that at the beginning of a prayer, we we direct our prayer to Heavenly Father. You can say. Heavenly Father, dear Heavenly Father, Father in Heaven, um, God, Eternal Father, um, virtually whatever it is that references to Heavenly Father. And then, um, so you direct Him, and then you you just share what's in your heart. You can, you ask for blessings, you, you give thanks for whatever blessings you've had in your life. Um, you know, you, you can ask for forgiveness, like, um, you know, Father, please forgive me for this or, or that or whatever it may be. And then whenever we end a prayer, we always end it in the name of Jesus Christ because obviously Jesus Christ is our mediator between the Father and man. And so, and you know, all things are possible through him. And so we end our prayer, like for example, saying these things we ask for in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And then, yeah, that's a, that's a prayer. Yeah, thank you. And and before we close, I'm going to ask you to close us in prayer. Mm -hmm. um, but before we do that, um, with prayer, um, is prayer just seen as um, as you know the um, the 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 naming of the Father, the giving Him thanks and praise? Um, asking him for um, our petitions and asking for the forgiveness for our sins, and we all ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. But is um, is there a, a different meaning to prayer? Like um, what I'm asking is because um, my understanding of prayer is that it is not just you know the the Lord's prayer or any other creed that we profess, but that for Catholics, prayer is actually a relationship. With father, is that the same thing? Absolutely, yeah. Like you know, prayers between the the person and God, um, it's a hundred percent between them, and it is it, it is a relationship thing. But you know, we do have prayers like for meetings, like our sacrament meetings in our classes, just as a prayer of like um, of union, I guess, to invite the spirit in the room, and uh, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I. You know, I I'm not, I I think I told you this before, but when I was in Lancaster, I did go to one or two of the um, the sacrament uh, meetings with some of, with some of your brothers there, and 
And maybe also further down the line, another segment could be about, you know, how, what's the, you know, what's the difference between a, a, a sacramental, a sacrament meeting um, for the Mormons or for the uh, Latter-day Saints versus the, the Holy Mass um, that, right. that we have. But thank you so much for spending your afternoon with us. And, you know, this is the first day that the uh, Belisan Ministries website has been launched and, and, awesome. and you will be on it, you know, your, the first content. So people can, can hear you through um, the website, but also through our podcast, which is available on you know, Stitcher, I think it's called uh, SoundCloud. And then hopefully in a short few days, um, Apple will finish uh, uh, reviewing it and it'll be on the iTunes podcast too. Um, oh, so. Yeah, so hopefully you can hear yourself as well. Uh, <laughs> it's gonna be so weird. I've never imagined myself like on a, really? like just on a podcast because well, I listen to podcasts. Really? Well, then you can, you know, um, probably let's see. It's maybe in fifteen minutes you can hear yourself on um, on the on the internet. And if you haven't yet, I do encourage you to check out the website. Um, it's you know there's a lot of stuff on it, and um, this will be under um, both the the visuals and also the um, the podcast show. So thank you so okay. much for taking time out of your day to uh, speak with me and to and to share with us your faith. And so if you could please lead us in prayer. Absolutely. <clears throat> Our Father in heaven, we're so very grateful for this day that thou has blessed us with. And um, Father, we give thee thanks um, that we could have this, um, have this little interview with um, Philip and I, and we're thankful for the spirit that we felt and that we could share ideas and share what we've learned and share experiences with each other about, about thee and thy son Jesus Christ and um, Father we give thee thanks for thy son and all he's done for us and we're thankful for his atonement and that through him we can be redeemed and be resurrected and live with thee one day. Um, Father we ask thee for um, thy spirit throughout the day as we um, as we work and we spend time with our families and uh, as we do various activities throughout the day. And Father please bless those that are listening that the um, that they'll be able to feel thy love and feel thy grace and um, that they'll know that um, you love them so much and you want the very best for them. And um, Father, we say these things humbly and with gratitude in the sacred name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for, for the uh, very beautiful prayer. And, and it's, we can see it patterns also, you know, by personally that we pray to is so all through Jesus Christ. This is He's our Savior and and our brother. So, so we, you know, thank everyone for uh, joining us for our first episode of dialoguing um, with um, Brandon and and the Mormon the tradition. And we'll see you next time on um, the same place here. Okay, take care and God bless. Bye bye. Bye everybody.